What's up? How are you? Good, Alex. Good. Good, good. So we've got a lot going on the last couple of days in the NBA. Of course, um, teams were able to start making their trades. Um, players have been announcing whether they're going to resign or not. All that good stuff. Um, so I'm very excited for this week's podcast. Um, welcome back to On the Fast Break NBA Talk. I'm your host, Alex. Um, this is, I believe, episode nine of the podcast. Um, and we're still doing well, so I'm, uh, I'm very happy with that as well. And uh, we're, we're here back again with Tigo. Um, I'm here. And happy to be let's, here. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And um, let's just get straight into it. So... Uh, we've got a lot of, a lot of trades that have gone down, as I said earlier, and we've got, um, a couple, a couple of trade rumors, um, starting off with Chris Paul and Abdel Nader, I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong, to Kelly Oubre, uh, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, and Jalen LeCue, and a 2022 first round pick. Now, the Suns, I feel like with the addition of Chris Paul, have one of the most dangerous backcourts. Um, and Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and I think it's going to be an amazing combo along with DeAndre. And I think this is a great deal for both sides. The Thunder hitting the reset button and the Suns starting to be able to be a, a contender. What do you think? So who's their big man? Who's their big man? You said DeAndre? DeAndre Ayton. Um, hmm, who else? They got Aaron Baines as their backup center who did very well. So DeAndre Ayton? Or... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh snap! I did not even know. Yeah, he's because uh, when you good. look at this trade, when you look at this trade, you're like, the Suns really gave up all these pieces for Chris Paul. That's really what it looks like, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's it. I'm I'm torn. I'm torn. You know. Yeah. I feel like Ricky Rubio is you know a good player. He's a little older, but. I understand why you might want to get rid of him. Kelly mm-hmm. Oubre, a dynamic player. Yeah. Amazing, di- amazingly dynamic player. And I think also Jalen LeCue is an underrated or overlooked individual. He didn't come through the traditional routes. But this is a man that was beating Zion Williams team, Williamson's team back in high school. He's a very competitive individual and <laughs> is very explosive. I like to compare him to Russ Westbrook. Yeah. Mm. Um, that being said, you bring up a good point. Uh, they still have a, a good staple group of young talent. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Booker, DeAndre Yates, um, or DeAndre Ayton, and mm-hmm. uh, they'll get they'll get some, you know, they'll get some perspective. They'll get some experience from Chris Paul. Yeah. But I still think I still think. I, I I think they didn't make the right choice. I honestly do. Really? I really think Kelly Oubre and Jalen the Q could lead this team, and young talent could lead mm-hmm. this team further than uh, bringing Chris Paul in. Now, would you rather have brought they have? Um, would you rather they had brought in Dennis Schroeder over Chris Paul? I do. You know, he's very quick, very dynamic. Once again, one of those, you know, explosive point guard types. You know, he, he's great on defense. Um, and he's still young. He's still young. Got, he has a lot of years, you know. Yeah. Um, I sometimes get disappointed when I see some of these teams uh, not focusing on development long term. You know, what is 
what is the Suns' plans to get to the playoffs? And if they're developing young talent and you're seeing that growth year to year, mm-hmm. like you see with individuals like Devin Booker, but you don't see with the overall team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what is their focus? What is That's what I always think. And I think, you know, bring in – if I see them bring in somebody like Dennis Schroeder, right, that's mm-hmm. what I would think. I think, you know what, okay, they've developed – They've developed Devin. They've developed Kelly. And then, you know, get rid of pieces like maybe Ricky and Jalen bringing Dennis. And that, that seems like a fair trade to me. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, yeah, you know, I think it could go either way. Chris Paul is definitely a huge mentor to the super young team. But then Dennis Schroeder can add on to that super young team as a more explosive point guard. Well, I mean um, – Chris Paul is the leader in the NBA. He's the yeah. he's the president of the NBA Players Association, or yeah, the Players Association. Yeah. So he he's an amazing leader, great character in the game. I I don't want to undermine how great Chris Paul is. And he had one of his. I mean, I'm not gonna say one of his best seasons, but he had one of his best seasons last season um, with OKC uh, with that what 0.3 percent chance to make it to the playoffs or 0.9. He made it. He may have not made it past the Rockets, but still, that's an incredible accomplishment. Yeah. So we we don't really know how he's gonna if he's gonna continue to evolve or if he's gonna go back to slowly decreasing at what thirty thirty two. Yeah, I mean he he's uh, that's a good question. You know, he's at that same age. You know, him, LeBron are in that same age range, but they play different mm-hmm. games, right? You can see LeBron is a little less bullish than he he used to be. Um, yeah. And will Chris Paul lose that little bit of dynamicism, you know, that dynamic ability that he had, you know. You've obviously, we've all seen him be less dynamic than when he was playing for the Clippers or even back for the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his game has evolved, his game has changed. And, you know, that's what veterans do. They, they grow their game evolve it you know mature um right but with a young team like the Suns, where he's going to be you know so focused on developing his other teammates you know will he have the pieces around him to be able to thrive right um yeah and that, yeah you know he 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 did overcome that at okc um but how can he how can he do that at a brand new team you know, it's like he keeps getting moved around. And so it's hard to develop that playoff mentality or that drive, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And for anyone who's a little confused, that is the New Orleans Hornets. Um, <laughs> just, just by the way, if you don't know, um, he played for them back when it was the New Orleans Hornets. Uh, um, but uh, also the Thunder bringing in yet another another draft pick. Um, for 2022, what is that like? It it's like what 11 or 12 draft picks within the next four years. That's huge. That uh, yeah. OKC is making large strides. Um, yeah. Low key, they're making large strides, and that's a, that's a sort of move that you like to see GMs make or see teams administration make because you're like, you know what, that that program is thinking forward. Yeah, um, and you would have to look at all these picks and say, oh, in a couple of years, surely 
they'll be back to their Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden form, right? And this time, maybe they'll win. And I'd say, yeah, with all these picks and with Shea, um, who will be a veteran to those guys um, by the time the last one come in with those draft picks, I'd, I'd say that is a championship team right there, as long as they make the right decisions on who to take. Exactly. Exactly. We've seen they have the coaching. We've seen uh, they have the the administrative know-how. And so when you have those, when, you, when you're not worried about the back end of things, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you, uh, a lot of people that listen to this probably have watched The Last Dance. And we, when we see The Last Dance, we see the greatest basketball team of all time mm-hmm. that was able to overcome um, incredible tumultuous strife on the back end uh, to come back mm-hmm. to the team. Now, that's that's incredible what they were able to do. No other basketball team is going to be able to do what they did. And mm-hmm. if you want to have a, a playoff team, you need to first start in the back end, you know, get these players behind your team, get them knowing that you have a mission to win. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I would love to keep on talking about OKC. <laughs> Um, but we've already spent a lot of time on it. Now, uh, of course, we are in the off season, and we will be talking about OKC more in depth when that episode comes. Um, but moving on to the next trade, actually still has to do with OKC, technically. Uh, Dennis Schroeder for Danny Green and a 2021st round pick, number 28. Um, huge addition for the Lakers. Um, and to, to, to get back another first round pick, though it's only the 28th, it's still a pick. And then a shooter uh, slash defender at Dan- with uh, Danny Green is a, is a pretty good addition. Might not be as good as in a shooter, but that's where the draft pick comes in. Uh, what do you think about this trade? Um, yeah, this is huge, um, especially after coming off uh, a championship uh, for them to to come up with this, you know, brilliant idea. It's really, like I said, it's – it takes ingenuity. It, it took genius, and it's scary to think about what the Lakers can do again next year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we mm-hmm. saw a little bit of inconsistency with Danny Green, and we know we know LeBron likes to have control of his team, and I guarantee you um, that he's going to be happy uh, with Danny Green gone, right? Yeah, um, he's going to be happy having a young, a young talented individual who <laughs> he can mold into what he wants to be, and on top of that, he's going to have influence on who the draft pick is, right? So from, yeah, yeah. So when you're when you have LeBron on your team and you appease him in such a fashion, um. I think that's that was a very, very smart move. Very, very smart move. For sure, for sure. Now, here's the thing. Dennis Schroeder was brought in to replace Rondo, right, and put Rondo back on the bench because he is getting old. But Dennis Schroeder put up significantly better numbers as a sixth man than a starter. So that then you think, well, doesn't that kind of put him back to square one, like where he was at the Hawks where he's putting up Lower numbers than we was in the six man as uh, the six man spot. Um, that's a you know that's a really good point, Alex. Um, I think that um, the Lakers 
have a team where they can manipulate and work with who the five they have on the court is at any time. You know, they can go big, they can go small, and they can, you know, line up at the correct height at each position, right? So they have the opportunity to be flexible with who their starting five is. And I think that, you know, we saw Rondo really step up in the later games mm-hmm. of the playoffs. He showed his, you know, veteran um, knowledge. He showed his veteran heart. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, when you look into the next season, you know, that's deep. That's deep into the playoffs during COVID season. You know, it shows that he's still tough. It shows that he's still mentally all there. So, mm-hmm. I think I think you'll see the Lakers play a lot with their starting lineup um, in the first, you know, 20 games of the season. Yeah. Um, so, moving on to the next trade, Drew Holiday to the Bucks for Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, three first-round picks, as well as several pick swaps. <clears throat> now, this is a tricky situation. <laughs> if... Giannis decides to leave the Bucks anyway, even though they bring in Drew Holiday and Ben Bogdanovich, which we'll talk about later. Um, and Giannis still decides to leave. This is an incredible deal for the Pelicans because then they're not a great team. I mean, sure, you have Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, um, and even Bogdan, but that's not a that's not a championship team. So those those picks are going to come in very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there can be lottery picks, three mm-hmm. lottery picks if, if Giannis leaves. Yeah, Giannis, the Bucks are doing what they think is best to keep Giannis there. Mm-hmm. We all know this, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I respect them for that. You know, you we all wish that we had seen that same sort of respect for Kawhi after he brought a championship uh, mm-hmm. to his team. And so um, I highly respect what the Bucks are doing. But at the end of the day, um, Giannis has to make the decision um, as to where he can win a championship. That's what Giannis is focused on. You know, when we mm-hmm. saw – we all thought the Bucks would have made a way longer run. I guarantee you 75% of people thought the Bucks were going to be in the, in the finals. Yeah. 75% of people. Okay. And so mm-hmm. Giannis is thinking, you know, maybe I don't have the team that I thought I had. And so the administration of the Bucks is doing what they can to change that. Um, you know, I think Drew Holiday has great shutdown defense. Um, I think he is a veteran of the game, which will bring great, Great knowledge, you know, once again, to the, the Bucks organization. But Eric Bledsoe is no slump. Um, and so, yeah, like you said, this is a tricky situation. Um, and it could work out worse for the Pelicans. and I mean, worse for the Bucks and better for the Pelicans than, than you would have first imagined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, I mean... You'd have to think then, if Giannis does leave, getting rid of Drew Holiday frees up cap space for the Pelicans to potentially bring in Giannis. 
I've I've said before, you know, Pelicans would be a great team for Giannis to go. Despite having Zion, Giannis can play small forward, power forward, center. You know, and I think the Pelicans could be a maybe not the best option out there for him, but could be a great option for him. Um, and Giannis is Giannis is older than people think, but still, you know, he, alongside Zion and Brandon Ingram, uh, that could be a great team up there. Yeah, I think Giannis would have would be better for the Pelicans than you know AD was. Um, mm-hmm. You know, AD was forced to be a big man for that team, where he shouldn't have necessarily been playing center. Uh, he had too many. He had too many intangible skills that the Pelicans needed at that time with their, their lack of support. And so I think Giannis um, now having um, Zion there with him, you know, Zion is only 6'8", but he does mm-hmm. play center, right? Let's not get into it. Mm-hmm. Zion Williamson is a center, okay? Mm-hmm. And so that being said um, – Having Giannis be able to play the four, be able to be on the wing, and then be able to not have to worry about bringing the ball up the court, right? You know, being mm-hmm. putting him in a position where he can isolate in the corners and, you know, dominate bigs. Because, like, if you're putting a big on Giannis, then who are you going to put on Zion? And if you're putting a big on right. Zion, who are you going to put – on Giannis and don't forget mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram is 6'11 he he's you know he's got the same body type as Kevin Durant yeah so you bring up a really good point there Alex you bring up a good point thank you <laughs> so um then then you've got uh Bogdan Bogdanovich going to the books as well for I don't I don't actually think I wrote this down here I think I may have... Oh, no, here it is. Here it is. Dante DiVincenzo, Ersan Ilyasova, and DJ Wilson to Sacramento for Bogdan Bogdanovich. My opinion, incredible deal for both sides. The The Kings get those those three positions they needed the most, that backup point guard in DJ Wilson, I think. <laughs> um, a uh, backup shooting guard slash small forward in Dante and a power forward slash center in Ersan Ilyasova. Plus, the Bucks now get Bogdan Bogdanovich, that crucial shooting guard slash backup small forward position that they needed to go alongside Chris Middleton. Yeah, I, yeah, having him alongside Chris Middleton, and you know, bringing in Drew Holiday would make the Bucks a great team for Giannis. Yeah, and you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich isn't a huge name, but. That is because, no offense to my Kings fans out there, but that's because he was on the Kings, you, you know, where he doesn't have great teammates around him. And he's, even though you, I mean, you don't recognize his name because of that, but he's a great player. And now that I think, I think Giannis is going to stay. And now that he's going to be with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, I think people will start to start to know his name um, in, in the league. Well, people are already talking about him more simply because of the trade to the Bucks. You know, mm-hmm. people, we understand his value. You know, um, all the sports people who like to analyze the game. We, we've seen Moneyball. We understand it's a money. It's not. It's a. It's a numbers game. What is your efficiency at being a player? Right. 
And Bygdon is a highly efficient player, and especially at the position yeah. that the Bucks need. And so, yeah, giving giving Giannis, you know, DiVincenzo um, and Ilyasova, essentially for the Bucks, they, they weren't pieces that fit for the Bucks. Mm-hmm. And so, this is a good move for them, almost getting rid of them. You know, hopefully the Kings, like you said, that Kings organization. They need some development. They need they need some work. Um, yeah. While this will be a good deal for them, um, I, it's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough to move the yeah. needle. Yeah. Um, um, you know, you can't build a team around Buddy Yield. Um, mm-hmm. So, that being said, yeah, um, I think the Bucks the Bucks are going to win this. They're going to win this battle. Um, yeah. But it's one hundred percent. Um, depends on Giannis. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now moving on to, I believe Robert Covington to the Trailblazers for Trevor Ariza, and twenty twenty first round pick number sixteen, and twenty twenty one protected first round pick. Um, a bit of a smaller deal, but Robert Covington fits Portland perfectly, like that last puzzle piece that you need to finish that puzzle. He is perfect, perfect for the Trailblazers. And I think he's going to be a huge, great addition for them. And he's going to put them into an even more contending spot than they have been before. You think so? I mean, I haven't really followed Covington's game as much. Um, you know, I think I think the Blazers need, um, you know, they do need some support. They need... Uh, Dame to have scores around him, um, and so uh-huh. you know if Covington can play the role of a big man, or if he can play that role of you know that three uh, where he can spot up. Mm-hmm. You know, right now um, the Buck, I mean the uh, the Blazers are functioning through CJ. They're functioning through Dame uh, and Siakam, <laughs> and that's it. That's it. And so, uh, Nurkic, 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 sorry. I think. Yeah. And, um, go and, ahead. and that's it. So they, they do need a lot of pieces. I think, you know, Dame is probably one of the top five players in the league right now. And so they mm-hmm. really should focus on how they could build a team around, you know, that's, that's something that they need to be doing better on the back end. Portland. Yeah. So when you look at Robert Covington, Coming out of Minnesota, he's this lockdown defensive player. Now he's been traded to Houston for a season, and he comes out of Houston as this still lockdown player who can shoot the three ball, which is why I say it's exactly what the Trailblazers need. Um, Another shooter with lockdown defensive skill, you know, at the power forward forward position as well, which is Exactly. exactly what they need. Yeah. Um. So, and then obviously the one huge rumor going around recently, I'm going to finish off trade rumors before we go into our actual like off season mm-hmm. episode talking about uh, the two last teams in the Atlantic division. Um, James Harden turns down what would have been the largest contract in NBA history projected at $51 million per year um, so that he can negotiate with the Nets as his first choice and the 76ers as his second choice. 
you can tell he wants this championship really bad. Um, and, you know, I don't want to say he's doing the same thing Kevin Durant did, get out of OKC because he couldn't win there on his own and join Steph, Clay, Draymond. And I, I hate admitting it because I'm a, a Harden fan, but I think he kind of is in the situation, trying to go join KD and Kyrie or, or Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Um, what do you think? Yeah. Um, yeah. Potentially, potentially the Nets could have, um, Harden, uh, KD and Kawhi. I mean, and Kyrie. Kyrie. And, you know, this, it reminds everybody obviously of OKC's team. Um, and you know, there are some rumors out there, you know, is, is Harden, you know, not clutch? Is Katie this or that? Is Kara, is Kyrie um, a diva? They're all veterans. Mm-hmm. They're all, you know, extremely qualified top players in the league. Like Kyrie, Harden, and Katie are all top 10 players. To have those three players on the same team, like Katie. And Harden back when they were playing for OKC together, James Harden wasn't—he wasn't recognized for the talent that he was. And mm-hmm. now to give them the opportunity to play together again, I, I think KD and Harden are way better suited together than Harden and Russ are. Um, yeah, I think you know Russ is a harder personality. I think. Um, having Kyrie, it's scary. It's actually scary to think about having James Harden, Mm -hmm. Kyrie, and KD on the same team. It's scary. Right. I I was about to say, if I'm, you know, I don't know, I just go back to Devin Booker, DeAndre, and Chris Paul, and I see that trio walking towards me, I'm leaving the building. I'm going home. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it was a nice day. I thought about playing basketball, but you know, I I made the better decision to just go home. <laughs> yeah, but but then to get James Harden, the only way possible to do it would be would be training away literally all of your bench depth in Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, Joe Harris, and DeAndre Jordan, plus probably three or four picks. Um. So it comes down to really what the Nets want in whether they want more depth or the, whether they want another top five or six, no, top four superstar, you know? And personally, I would choose James Harden because you want a ring and you want it now, right? So, I mean, now's the time to do it while James Harden is 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 just barely at mm-hmm. the end of his prime, I think. Um, if any team wants him, it should be this season. Um, and then obviously you've got the 76ers on the other hand who have a lot more to offer um, for James Harden, but they are the slightly worse team. Um, yeah, they are the slightly and, worse team. Um, you know, Ben Simmons, they have Joel, um, and I forget, I, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Um, yeah, Tobias guys, Harris, maybe? Um, they have those three, um, but, you know, let's be honest. 
Um, there, that's not. That's I don't know if that's a a playoff team. I don't know if that that's a team that's going to go deep into the playoffs, um, even if they have James Harden. Um, yeah. At the other, at, at and, the other end, like it, these people that they want to get rid of, you know, Allen, Harris, um, and Jordan, like those dudes are big guys. You need some big guys mm-hmm. on your team, so. Yeah. You know, I think I think they definitely want to hang on to Jared Allen if possible because he's a young, big guy who is one of the few people to ever block LeBron yeah, James I, at the rim. I, if anything, <laughs> I would do the my hardest to hold on to uh, Allen and whoever has has to go has to go. Mhm. Yeah, and then another thing is it kind of comes down to Daryl Morey being at the Sixers. And Mike D'Antoni recently signing a contract to be the assistant coach over in Brooklyn. Um, that's a, another huge factor whether James Harden wants to go back with Daryl Morey or whether he wants to go back with Mike D'Antoni. Um, Martin last week said he was starting to feel some some negativity between James Harden and Mike D'Antoni, which I don't know. I think I think he's probably right about that. Mm. Um, Towards the end, James Harden was starting to take control of his plays more. Um, instead of having D'Antoni draw him up, and I, I'm not going to say it was slowly going downhill, but it was just—it wasn't getting better, but it wasn't getting worse. It, at, at a certain point, I would say sometimes what happens uh, between a coach and a player um, is the coach—the player is done with the coach. You know, you don't when you, when a coach isn't winning, he has less power you know and Mm -hmm. especially when you have a personality who wants the ball in his hand all the time who wants to score and you have two of those personalities on your team it 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 can probably be very hard to manage them individually and then i'm i guarantee you they uh their frustrations probably ended up going at each other because they weren't winning at the level that they thought they should, and they don't have a coach with power now to deal with the situation. That's why we see mm-hmm. Russ and, and Harden both leaving at the same time. You know, the Rockets organization is just going to be left caught in the wind. Um, and yeah, that's, that is what it is. That's the business. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be difficult for the Rockets to, to rebuild. Um, with the little draft picks sorry, they have I'm sorry here, about that, Alex. Um, You're, you know, hopefully one day. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, I'm a James Harden yeah. fan, so I'm gonna follow him <laughs> wherever he goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it, it's speaking of the Rockets. You know, you have Russ too, who probably wants out. Um. The the best option for him right now, I feel, which no one has been mentioning, I feel, are the Kings, um, to go alongside Buddy Heald and and what's his name down low, um, Marvin Bagley, um, I think that could be a very good team. I think it's a team where Russ would fit very well as an explosive point guard to go along with a a great shooting uh, shooting guard. And a great rebounder in Marvin Bagley. Yeah, it's a it's a young team. You know, Russ would have a lot of control over what happens 
Um, you know, that team would 100% mm-hmm. have to buy into Russ. But then um, I think my only reservation is can Russ step up to the plate? Can he lead that team? You know, can he produce yeah. um, at the superstar level that he he wants to portray? Like, he, if he's going to take over this team, he's going to come with that Russ energy. <clears throat> Will he be able to bring yeah. that Russ energy to the court and lead that team to success? If you, if you, yeah. you know, that would be – I don't know if you can lead the Kings to the playoffs. You know, I – I haven't seen the Kings be a team mm-hmm. since Mike Bibb. Hey, so Yaku Bibb. Oh, my God, I used to love him. They used to be contenders <laughs> back then. Too bad they had, mm-hmm. you know, the the Spurs and the Lakers to deal with. Yeah. Um. So... That then, I, one more thing about that before I move on to to what the um, Nets and the Knicks need to do this offseason. Um, Russ played his best basketball when he was the sole superstar of OKC. And though Buddy Heald is there in Sacramento, he's not a superstar. He's He's an all-star caliber player, I'd say, but he's not a superstar. I think Russ could potentially go back to that that Russ from OKC, um, and I think the Kings at this point should be willing to take that risk because they need to at this point, really. Um, and they have De'Aaron Fox too, um, but he he can play shooting guard and 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 Buddy Hill can play small forward. If they're but, able to move De'Aaron Fox around, or even put Russ at mm-hmm. two. That would be, yeah. you know, a great – because you can't just – Darren Fox is a starting point guard in the NBA. All right? Whatever mm-hmm. team he goes to, whether that's the Lakers, um, I mean, like, whether that's the Heat, whether that's mm-hmm. uh, the 76ers, he's a, starting, he's a starting point guard. So, leave him at that position. The kid is, he's smart. He's more dynamic even than like a Jalen LeCue. That kid jumps out the gym and he creates highlights. You need him starting on your team. That being Mm -hmm. And he's another name similar to Bogdan Bogdanovich where he's a great player, but he's not not recognized because he's surrounded by players who quite frankly, aren't very good. I mean, they're they're incredible. They're in the NBA. But compared to the rest of the NBA players, and then, not and very like, good. Yeah, like, when you, you know? look at the, t- the Kings lineup, De'Aaron Fox, you got Bogdan, you got Buddy Heald, you got, um, what's his name, play, play, uh, Bagley. Like, you look at them and individually, mm-hmm. you know, they, they had amazing <laughs> years and careers when they were doing their own thing. As a team, they're not they're not experienced enough. They're young, they're not experienced enough, mm-hmm. um, and so they they need to have support from a veteran talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so moving on to what the Nets need to do this offseason, we've already talked a good amount 
about this, so it won't be very long. But bring in Harden or stick with Dinwiddie, Allen, Joe Harris, all those guys. Um, we already thought if you can keep yeah. Jared Allen, yeah. go for it, right? Um, as we said earlier, James Harden would make that trio, uh, I'd honestly say, the best team in the NBA. And I think even with the addition of Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers, they're taking yeah. down the Lakers. Uh, and it might even be a blowout in certain games. You know, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving can come back as healthy as they yeah. were before yes. injury, oh, man, that's going yeah. to be one scary that's- team. <laughs> yeah, I like just think like I'm excited. It's like uh, this is the type of excitement that I had when I used to watch Zion play games because I knew he was just gonna step on the court and embarrass other people. Like, let's be honest, we mm-hmm. love the greatest of the greats. We love the great teams. We love seeing those teams that dominate, right? And that's what mm-hmm. they're trying to. Yeah. I think that's what they would put together if they had that trio. Yeah, for sure. Um, so now I was excited to talk about this because in NBA 2K, I'm that guy who plays my GM, right? And so I'm very intrigued in the rebuilding of teams, and I feel like I'm very mm-hmm. good at it, if I'm being honest. Um, I, I mean, probably the best thing I've done is Gave the Knicks a three-peat from where they are today. You've given the Knicks a <laughs> but, three-peat um, in 2K. That... Yeah. I mean, it is It is 2K, I... but... <laughs> I mean, anyway. <laughs> um, the I don't think their GM is doing a great job rebuilding. Because they have these guys like Taj Gibson and Bobby Portis on $15 million contracts for putting up 12 points per game and four rebounds. You know, and and Maurice Harkless for, uh, with eleven. Taj Gibson um, is still in the NBA now. Yes, <laughs> I mean I kind of had that same reaction when I got into two K over all the rosters. Ten million dollars. <laughs> Taj. Gibson. Yes, yes. Yeah, I love Taj Gibson, but that's a little much for him. You know, he's a he's a great player. He's a great player, especially in Chicago. Um. But nowadays, I think he is putting up, yeah, you know, he he's great. putting up he good numbers. In Chicago. But 10 years ago, when, yeah. <laughs> when D. Rose yeah, won, the, right. <laughs> won the MVP, right? Eight years ago. Right, right? yeah. That's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, he is putting up, you know, eight points per game. That's numbers that you expect from... I don't even know. Someone making yeah, more but... like five mil. You know, if they if they can adjust Taj Gibson's contract down to maybe four or mm-hmm. five mil, keep him. He's a good player mm-hmm. for that amount of money. But ten mil, I say, yeah. is a little excessive. Now, Bobby Portis is kind of the same situation. He's a good player, but he's getting fifteen mil. If you can get him to play for you for six mil, seven mil. Great player. Keep him. Maurice Harkless is a free agent. He's already decided he's not re-signing. Um, so that's 11 mil off. Now, the next thing is Julius Randle. He's a good player. He's making 19 mil, which is, you know, I'd probably bring it down maybe 16. But 
to really do this rebuild, I think you need to part with Julius Randle um, before he, he gets any older. Right now he's, what, 27, oh, wow. 28? I didn't know he was up there like that. Um, I think I think he might be 26, 27, right around there. Um, oh, wait. No. Actually, that's wrong. 25. Okay. <laughs> 25. Um, nearly 26. But still, you know, I think they've got to part ways with him before he gets any older because he seems to have hit a brick wall in his career where he's just not evolving anymore. He's just kind of that flat line. Um, in yeah, the progression I think, charts, you, you know? know, when Julius Randle first came into the league, uh, and now his name is escaping me. He used to play for the Memphis Grizzlies. He he reminded me of uh, um, Lakers no, too. Julius, yeah, he used to have a way more dominant game when he was with the Lakers too. And you know, the mm-hmm. Lakers didn't really have a team back then, but. That's neither here nor there. He still plays for a team that's not really much of a team. So he's had had the freedom to develop um, ever since he stepped into the league, into a player that a team is built around. And that's what they're still doing Mm -hmm. with with this $19 million contract. They're still trying to build a team around a Julius. Um, And... Like you're saying, they got to get rid of him because it's not working. He's not. Yeah. It's not. He's not the answer. Uh, figure it out. The Knicks. The Knicks have been a disappointment to the NBA. Um, honestly, um, for the last many years, they've honestly. I feel bad for Spike Lee. Still showing up to these games. He looks. Mm-hmm. They make him look crazy. Yeah. You know, I think there are several options the Knicks can do here. And although people are saying their main target should be Russell Westbrook, no. (laughs) I say no. I say they need to wait till next season, free agency, where they bring in two people, Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. As a Bulls fan as well as a James Harden fan, I'd hate to see Zach Levine leave. But... If I'm thinking about this from the Knicks standpoint, they need to bring in Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. Potentially even add Russ to that, as long as they can get rid well, of Julius yeah. Randle. I, I forget who I was talking to, but I was I, before I even looked at this uh, lineup for today, I was talking about Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. You know, two players that are players that you could build a team around. Unfortunately, no GM. Mm-hmm. Or organization has tried to do that. Uh, they put them on their teams, and then they treat them. Um, they treat them as just like exhibits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt real quick, but we might just see that with our tourist Carsonovas as the new Bulls GM. We'll have to see. Um, but, but go on. Yeah. You understand my frustration, right? <laughs> when you're thinking about the yeah, development yeah. of a team, when you have the right piece, right? Now, what is your job to fit the other pieces around, you know, your puzzle? You're trying to make a puzzle fit together. And, you know, you haven't seen this Mm -hmm. done with the Magic, with the Bulls, with the Knicks in many a year. If one of those teams Mm -hmm. got their shit together, excuse my French, just got it together Mm -hmm. and, you know, started supporting 
their organization, their fans with, you know, correct decisions in the long term. They have the money. When we look at these contracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Especially with Taj Gibson and Bobby Portis with their their renewed contracts and then letting go through this range. <sighs> yeah. It, you know. Think, think, think about this: Russell Westbrook, Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, Mitchell Robinson all on the same team. It might not be the Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant, but it's still a, a six seed, a five seed, um, in the league. Yeah, like, come opinion. on, man! Don't you want to generate more revenue? I feel like there's so the Knicks mm-hmm. organization isn't trying to win. Uh, are they trying to? Yeah, they're yeah. making so much money off Madison Square Garden from Cirque du Soleil performing there that they don't need to win basketball games. <laughs> um, yeah. mm-hmm. I th- I think they need a hard <laughs> reset in the office. Um, I think I think did they hire a new GM? I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not too sure. Let me look that up. But um, yeah, the Knicks the Knicks have got to step it up a bit here. Um, did the Knicks hire a new GM? The Knicks kept Scott Perry as GM for another year, but are reshuffling mm-hmm. the deck below him. Oh yeah, Leon Rose, who they brought mm-hmm. in as the assistant GM, I believe. Oh no, team president. Um, and then he hired Walt Perrin, the Jazz executive assistant GM. I've never heard of him, but. I definitely think they also need a new GM because I feel like he's moving a bit too slowly for those New York fans. Their focus should be on administration, you know, getting the GM, getting the president and things like that online. Once they have that, then they can can focus on coaching. Then they can make correct decisions about players. Yeah. 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 Um, Anyway, that was very interesting. Um, Tomorrow night. Draft night, very excited. Hoping to get an episode out before next Monday on the draft. I know, I know, right? Two, in, <laughs> two in one week, incredible. <laughs> um, but I'm hoping to get one out um, before the end of next week, probably on Saturday. Hopefully with Martin Tigo, if you're available, you know, and one more guy um, that I've been friends okay. with for a while who can talk some basketball. Um, I'm very, I'm very excited for tomorrow night, and I've, I've got about three <laughs> calendar alerts on my phone, my iPad, and my TV, all reminding me go watch the draft right now. Put down yeah. what you're doing and go watch. So what time is the I'm draft very excited. Um, we talked. Yeah, I thought it was at seven Central Time. Yeah, um, we talked about the draft in yeah. episode six or seven. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was. Were, were that you was, there when we were talking about the draft? You were, right? We talked it was, all the it was you and I. What teams would benefit from who? And that was yeah. like a really early discussion, you know. Things are starting to line up um, yeah. now, but it'll be interesting to see what are those, those, what are the, who's going to stir up the pot, right? Who's going to pick people that we, you know, who's going to mm-hmm. get picked early, who's going to get picked really late. Um, and seeing how that plays out, mm-hmm. you know, is LaMelo going to be number one? Are they going to pick somebody, you know, who's played domestically? 
number one? Are they going to pick a big man? You know, what? what who's going to be number one? Who's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, going to these lottery picks? And so it's exciting to see. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sorry to spring this on you like this, but who do you have as your top three being taken, knowing it's the Timberwolves and no the Warriors idea. and the Hornets? I have no idea. I had it as Anthony Edwards at shooting guard, James Wiseman um, at center for the Warriors, and LaMelo Ball going third to the Hornets. I would say that's safe. Um, Wiseman and Edwards, yeah, are, you know, you know. They're, I think they're amazing players. I, I honestly would be surprised to see LaMelo Ball in the top three. You know, maybe I've been watching his game his whole life, and so I'm more of a critic of him. Um, but I don't see his game necessarily translating to the NBA um, as much as some of these an- other analysts do. Um, that's just my thoughts. Obviously, I'm not the world's – for foremost basketball analyst, but at the same time, breaking down his game, you know, how will that translate to the NBA? What position will he be at in the NBA? Mm-hmm. And um, especially mm-hmm. for a team like the Warriors, will he fit in? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly why I had James Wiseman uh, going there mm-hmm. to finally fill in that center mm-hmm. position that they've been needing for so long. Um, and I don't think I don't even think they're gonna trade up that pick just to get James Wiseman, unless if they can bring in a guy like and Andre Drummond and why um, for that it pick. Makes sense you know? for Lamelo to end up at like a team like the Hornets. He'll bring in he'll bring in you know the box mm-hmm. seats. He'll bring in you know the fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this was on the Fast Break NBA Talk. I was your host, Alex. We'll see you before the end of the week. Tigo, thank you very much it's for being pleasure. out tonight. My pleasure, as always. Um, love to talk basketball. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, I guess that's it. Thank yeah. you for listening. And uh, see you.